Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. For distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 314. My name is Brando. Uh, quickly, and I'm sorry, G, you'll understand if I'm not focusing on you right now. My co-host for today, if you are watching this on Zoom, G, it's absolutely fine, honestly. G, G from Scotland, we'll get more into, but he's joining me today uh, for Mr. Rick Richards, who we have on the line. Uh, Mr. Richards, Rick, thank you so much for, for taking some time out today. Yeah, glad to be here. If you don't mind me asking, where are you calling from, unless it's a secret location? Star- Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> That's as, <laughs> as, uh, as specific as he wants to get. Starbucks. Oh, yeah, that, that mom and pop st- uh, shop. I got gotcha. you. That one. Yeah, that one. The one on the corner. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter where. I guess you are, Rick, the fact that you're here with us today. And something that I'm excited about, because I never got to experience the Georgia satellites live. As a radio you know, DJ, having a lot of classic rock experience... <laughs> You know, I've played certainly, uh, you know, keep your hands to yourself so many times and uh, countless times and part of my youth, but I never got a chance to experience. Oh, you're the one. I'm the one. Okay. One plus one <laughs> plus one plus one. But what's awesome is I'm going to kind of get to experience old school Georgia satellites finally. So before we forget, before we get into any crazy conversation, uh, Lightning in a Bottle, the official live album, the Georgia satellites, uh, their only concert album going to be coming out digitally in uh, physical form on CD and vinyl by Cleveland International Records. The CD and digital uh, will arrive on May 11th uh, of next year at the double LP coming in July of, of next year. So are you are you busy? Uh, because this has taken a long time to come out, hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, it has. Uh, it's all uh, because of my friend in, uh, in London, Mick Brown, got that all together for us. Okay. So, when did this decision? Because this was recorded back in in what year? Nineteen eighty-eight. Eight or nine? Yeah, one, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. This is. I'm sure fans have wanted material for you guys for for quite some time. 
So how come it's taken a bit to release this? Is there was there a lot of you know uh, bureaucratic stuff behind the scenes, or was it just I don't know one of those things that t- this happens to be the year or next year happens to be the year where this finally comes out? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, there's smatterings of live uh, performances on some of our uh, imports, and I think maybe even some uh, U.S. releases, a couple of live things, but nothing that encompasses the whole show. And as far as the timing and the politics, you'll have to ask someone else about that because okay. I, I try to stay clear of the biz side of it, you know? And, uh, so I, I'm kind of out of the loop on a lot of the uh, info. Okay, I gotcha. Because the reason is because the fans have, I've just wanted to hear it for so long. So whatever, I guess, uh, insight you're able to provide. Do you remember this? This gig, since it's been so long ago, so yeah, it was 1988 yeah, uh, in Cleveland, as I'm reading the uh, description. Okay, good. Uh, I vaguely remember it. I do remember that Cleveland was one of the cities that actually, uh, you know, played the record a lot when, when it first came out. There, uh, I think it was Kid Leo, that jumped on it real soon and started getting the buzz there, and a couple other cities, Houston and. Then it just kind of, you know, it took off. And also, you know, it was down in the flats, I believe, on the river or something. And I remember uh, Scott Ian from Anthrax was there. Hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, what? Wow, why is he here? What's he doing here, you know? Then I realized, you know, we're all the same, and we all rock just because, uh, you know, it's a different genre, but there's still a, an affinity towards both kinds of music, you know, just loud rock and stuff. So I was kind of chuffed about that, actually. Yeah, that is cool. And you know what? Along the the same line of thinking of perhaps genres that wouldn't necessarily mesh of what the the Georgia satellites were and are, and that's why you can hear, you know, you on country stations and, and rock stations, but sometimes you're like, if you hear the remote, like, I, again, on the radio... I would play Georgia Satellites and the Ramones back to back, and you wouldn't necessarily yeah. think that that would go together. But you and the Ramones do go together. Can you talk about that? Because <laughs> your cover of the Ramones is featured on this. Yeah, Joey was a Joey was a friend of the band, uh, and we met early on. Uh, we had the same kind of uh, our A and R guy was really really good friends with those guys. And so we became friends, and just uh, that was an amazing uh, combination, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's it's both just hard nosed rock and roll, you know. Um, club style CBGBs. We had our CBGBs here in Atlanta. It was called Hedgens. Uh, so there was an affinity between us. Do you, since you are, you know? You are just another a rock and roll band, and maybe you get labeled differently. Does it bother you? I guess that if you if people maybe mislabel you is not being that kind of band, a club band, and, and maybe thinking that all you are is just keep your hands to yourself. Does that bother you? Uh, no, not not particularly. You know, it didn't keep me up. I tell you, so, I'm just. Uh... Glad, but through that song, people got to go a little bit deeper in our records and see that there was a a, a bit more depth than just that song. Yeah. Can, can you tell us anything about first making that song? Like, did you know it was going to be a hit when you first wrote it? No, absolutely not. It was 
And this story has been told by uh, several artists uh, about how at the end of the session, there's a song. And um, so let's just do it. Let's put it on there and see what happens. And that song is the hit. It's amazing how many uh, times I've heard that story. But, yeah, that was our, uh, our case, too. It was just kind of an afterthought thing. And we cut it on an... Uh, on, on our first British uh, EP. So it was on there before it was on Electra. And uh, so, yeah, it was just an afterthought song that was made up one night when uh, I think our drummer was approached by his uh, then ex-girlfriend saying, don't talk to me, leave me alone and keep your hands to yourself. Mm. And uh, I think he told that to Dan and us and we're all sitting around with Dan and a light bulb went off, I guess, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what happened to that chick? But thanks. <laughs> and, and you're right. I have heard that story. What is it? Do you. What is it about the last song added to an album that you hear that you know a lot of famous artists about this legendary song that was almost an after afterthought that almost didn't make the album. Exactly. You know, I, that's a phenomenon I really can't put my finger on. Uh, it's just kind of kismet. You know, it just hmm. happens. I suppose. Yeah, as as long as it does, so as long as it does. Yeah, right. How do you feel about the Georgia Satellites legacy uh, now? Because it, it, it's it's cool that you know you just had a, an article come out in Rolling Stones, uh, Rolling Stone. People care. They want to have this lightning in a bottle, very appropriately titled, and hear this band kind of mm -hmm. uh, young. Do you did you ever imagine all these years later you'll be talking about this band that? Actually, it wasn't Georgia Satellites when it first started out, right? It was it was something uh, Satellites. It was uh, it was Keith Keith and the Satellites, Keith, Keith Christopher, right? So who did was you? The bassist, uh, who? Uh, yeah, he was in the band, and this is strange. So we're uh, playing our normal weekly gig at the at Hedgens, which was the dive bar I spoke of earlier, and uh, Keith was we were chatting. Keith said, "I'm going to go to England with Lori Lee." tomorrow, so I'm not going to be able to make the gig tomorrow night. We went, yeah, sure. And come gig time, no Keith. He doesn't show up. So first person I thought of was Rick Price. So Rick came down, and he's been with, he was with us ever since. And ironically, the chick, Lori Lee, they call her a chick, was a chick then. She's my wife now. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Very, very incestuous business. <laughs> well, I mean, Mazel Tov. I'm, I'm being married this long and having a relationship go this long. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Right. What are you uh, looking forward to? I guess whether it's fans old or new, you know, or is there something that you're excited uh, for this live experience to to come out for for people either what again a young fan, an old fan, you personally, you know, what's the most exciting thing you're you're looking forward to with this release? Well, just that, uh, you know, people are going to get to hear the real kind of down and dirty rock and roll scenario that we provided that night. And that was kind of our, that was our forte, you know? I mean, we're pretty good in the studio, but live, we were, we didn't hold back very much. Uh, and uh, the set list was never the same night after night. It always changed. So there was always something going on, something new. And we were, uh, we're in a pretty good spot at that time, too, so we're firing on all cylinders. 
Awesome. And just again, to have that time capsule is, is special. And I'm glad that it's, it's coming out. And you mentioned a phrase, and that's part of the reason why I have uh, G here. And if you were on Zoom, you would see his wall of guitars behind me. Uh, because <laughs> I, I'm... I'm not a musician. It's I all. already hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, G. Just kidding, G. Come on. <laughs> okay. No, hey, I'll quite happily take one down and play you a tune. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah, I know. You got to have a guitar, man. I, I, you know, oh, yeah. G, G's got the talent, but i that's why I went into, into radio. But the reason why I wanted him here, because in case if we got into any tech talk, he would be able to help me out with that because I, I you know, I, I can't even play, uh, I, I can't even play the, you know, the triangle. Uh, so that's uh, whatever. Uh, but you mentioned the phrase down and dirty. But, but okay. you can play the radio. Now, come on. That is true. That's a good point. All right. You're right, Rick. You're right, Rick Richards. Uh, but you mentioned the phrase I was looking, uh, I wanted to bring up is the down and dirty rock. And if you notice yeah. the name of the, the podcast, Appetite for Distortion and, that's where I look at and look, talk to people with the six degrees of GNR Bacon and one of our favorite names that comes up here. And, and actually, G from Scotland, he made a, a documentary. Uh, it's almost two hours, a very well done documentary on Izzy Stradlin, the down and dirty rocker. Oh, I, man. So, yeah, I mean, if you have time, I highly suggest you, you watch it. Alan Niven said, and I quote, former manager of Alan Niven and Great White said, Pretty good for scavenging, so that <laughs> right, G. <laughs> yeah, that's it's, Alex to uh, a right there, buddy. That guy. So uh, I love uh, that guy. He so, was uh, he was so British. <laughs> he was so British. <laughs> he he needs to take that however you want. <laughs> that's funny. So you know, if we can ask you some questions, I guess about the because it's cool because you are you're kind of in that vein of just kind of being mysterious and we don't know the entire history. And I think that's kind of why we, we love you as a fan and we look to your guitar playing to, to, for messages almost to get really, uh, you know, romanticized with it. But I have some other fan, in addition to G, I have other fans who just send in questions. Uh, so I want to make sure I credit it, you know, cause we'll ask you about Izzy, of course. Uh, so this is from John Bryan from Florida. So can you just tell me the, the story about how you initially hooked up with Izzy Stradlin? That apparently Izzy listened oh. to "Keep Your Hands to Yourself" is and, and during a recording of "Appetite." Is that true? Anything to that story, or what? What is the story? Yeah, I think he was. I think it was. Uh, they played it on the bus a little bit on the tour bus. I think they did. Um, I met him uh, here in Atlanta when they were on tour with Motley. Uh, that's where we first met, and then uh, I met him again when we were in, in uh, California at the Coach House. You know, Satellite Capistrano. And I think that's when he was sort of uh, removed himself from the band. And I'm not really sure if he was shopping around for guitar players or not, but he was there and he stayed the whole night. We chatted and talked and all that. And then uh, Jimmy Asher is called about a few months later, uh, the bassist uh, for the Juju Hound, Jimmy Asher from the Brogan Homes, called and said, asked if I would come out and, you know, to the studio thing, and you know, next thing I knew, I'm in the band. So it was really cool. It was uh, that whole first album is all just about first and second takes. Well, not first, but the second to uh, fifth takes. It's all just like right from the studio, 
and that's what I really dug about it. It's very reminiscent of the way we operated in the studio. And uh, we just struck up, uh, you know, we had a common denominator, you know, we both loved the same kind of music, and plus I was a big fan of his, blah, blah, you know. Um, and we clipped, and it was one of the best things I've had the pleasure of doing. Um, I'm really proud of the first Juju Hounds album. I think it really uh, filled a niche at the time, but I think it was kind of overlooked to a degree by a lot of people. Um, so, yeah. I, I agree. It is overlooked. And we've had Jimmy uh, on the podcast, actually, who is just a awesome, awesome dude. And he, Yeah, he, he's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he mentioned something, actually, and I was wondering if you can help complete the the story that when G, like you guys had gone down to the islands in 1993 and there was some material that was being recorded and then Izzy left and then you had to do shows with without Izzy. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Is, is that, does that ring a bell to you? Yes. So is there more to yes, that? Yes. Can you talk about that? I think we ended the tour in, uh, I believe it was Australia. And came back and he was, didn't, wasn't feeling it, you know, uh, at the time. So he was going to lay low for a bit. So Jimmy and I and Chalo Quintana, the magnificent drummer from the Juju Hounds, and Late one hell of a guy. Yeah, man. Yeah. He he was the glue that really hung everything together. Uh, he was killer. So anyway, yeah, um, Jimmy and Chalo and I got an offer from Chris Robinson to go out on their, some of their makeup dates in uh, the mid, North Midwest and Canada. Uh, so we ship, yeah, why not, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so we're all sitting around with Chris and, and uh, Mark, and oh, I got to think of a name, man. And Chris says, I got a name. Okay, the Magical Nose Goblins. <laughs> so we said, okay, that's it. So you get some of the, uh, the Black Crows with the Magical Nose Goblins. <laughs> so yeah, we did about, I don't know, eight, nine, ten shows, and we all travel on their bus. So it's like, I didn't sleep in the aisle, you know, it was brilliant. It was so much fun, man. It was a riot. <laughs> and for me, I guess being a 90s kid, Magical Nose Goblins makes me think of Ren and Stimpy. I don't know if that was his <laughs> That's where it came from, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. <laughs> Gedgy. If, if I can ask Rick, um, I've always wondered about the period where you joined the Juju Hounds and I've, I've always wondered what it, it's like as a musician to be contacted by uh, another musician to be a part of their band. And th- there must be a... I, I could imagine on a professional sense that you want to jump on board, 
was there ever a, a thought where you you just thought, why me? Why did they come to me sort of thing? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I remember vividly the day I got that call. It was like, you know, for the next month I was walking on air. It was brilliant. And, um, yeah, the why me thing does. But, you know, being in the music and being in bands and being around musicians, it's just like we spoke of before about the uh, serendipity thing of having uh, an afterthought song go, big it's the same thing with who you end up playing with sometimes it just happens you know and uh fortunately for me that was uh one of those times cool was it was it different like a different guitar partnership uh than what you had with dan in the the satellites I, I was just wondering if there was a any type of differences between izzy and dan uh, because you oh, you yeah, said yeah, earlier yeah. on about clicking with Izzy, and I think it has to yeah. be an either you do click or you don't click to be able to write together. Yeah. You have to have the the yin yang, you know, thing. You know, the good, the bad, and uh, the black, the white. It's kind of the pole opposites attract on to a degree in songwriting. As far as guitar playing goes, uh, it was kind of not. Being, you know, in an unfamiliar territory because, you know, Dan was a great rhythm player, uh, but he played a bit more lead than Izzy did. Uh, so Izzy's a great rhythm player. So it made my job, you know, simple, basically, just get in the groove. And we, we had the, the bass and drums to put it there, man. So, yeah. Yeah, cool, man. Right on. I, I like that. Uh, what was, you, you mentioned that bonding over uh, Izzy with certain music. I'm just curious what bands uh, specifically you, you bonded with him over, and, and just to let us know what some of your influences are within that question, of course. Well, Izzy, you know, he's a bit younger than me, so, uh, you know, he, I go way back. <laughs> and, but the things we did have in common were, uh, you know, the Ramones, of course, the Dolls, uh, some of Izzy's punk stuff. Uh, I, I was so cool to play on a record with, you know, Mikey Dredd. Uh, Izzy was really into reggae, and that really opened my eyes a lot, too. I mean, I loved her. I've been a fan forever, and I get finally get to play it with a good band, and so there's that. Yeah. Um, all things, you know, I don't know. What about, because you obviously, you've holding this Georgia satellite, up, used upon, up high all these years, and but you've dealt with uh, personnel changes. And that's something that's obviously synonymous with, with Guns N' Roses before, you know, since Izzy left. But at that time, I guess with dealing with band drama and your own, your, your, the bands that you created, you know, him, GNR, you with Georgia, is that something else you bonded? Did you find your, yourselves kind of venting about band stuff, what you dealt with with your other bands? Kind of big, almost like a, you know, here's what my ex-boyfriend used to do kind of situation. Did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, we you know we touch on that, but I didn't really pick his brain about the inner workings of GNR. But he would offer up some uh, some information here and there. It's nothing surprising, really. I mean, I think you know same thing you read about basically. Right on. Um, and he he knew that uh, you know we both had a similar scenario as far as you know leaving a band or the band breaking up or. You know, but no, that we 
that wasn't really a topic of discussion very much. So it was clearly that's why I think it, it, that first record. I mean, the records were so good that and you meant with the just one or two takes, and it's about the music and just performing, and not about all the uh, the extra the extra stuff going on. But let me ask then, since you were, you know. Big at that time, were you aware of, I guess, you were obviously aware of Guns N' Roses, but what was your perception of this band from L.A. all of a sudden breaking through and it's different than the hair metal scene? What was your perspective of of Guns N' Roses at that time? And did did you get a a chance to see them, too? I was curious if you did back then. Yeah, I saw them uh, when I met them first, opening for Motley Crue, that's when I first saw them. Uh, well, yeah, that first record, I mean, I was a fan for the minute the needle went down on it. Uh, because of what was happening in L.A. at that time, to me, it just wasn't my cup of tea, if you know what I mean. That whole, the whole, uh, I call it pseudo-glam metal, but whatever. Um, they were a breath of fresh air. They were, they were more akin to, say, you know, Aerosmith or even further back, you know, MC5 and all those great rock and roll bands. A lot of it had to do with Slash's guitar play. I mean, Slash came from, cut from the same cloth as, say, Joe Perry, perhaps, you know? Guys who are based in the blues, not too fancy, but make a lot of sense. And, uh, yeah, that was, I think that guitar, and the, and the interplay between Slash and Izzy on those records and the, the songwriting uh, was just one of those moments. Nice. All right, so I got a couple other questions, and maybe G, you can help me out with this one because one of them is uh, is technical. Uh, this is from Izzy Dutch, not the Izzy, but Izzy Dutch on Twitter. Uh, favorite guitar and amp at the moment, and do you spend a lot of time working out your parts and solos? So he kind of wants to know what your your process is currently like uh, with recording, and what are you're, you're currently using. Uh, yeah, I'm using, uh, pr- predominantly right now, I have a guitar made by Ted Newman-Jones. Uh, he was the Austin Luthier that, uh, you know, got his bones working for Keith Richards back before there was, the term guitar technician didn't even exist. I think he might have been the first guy to have that moniker. Um, so, yeah, uh, and also the 57 Les Paul Jr., still in the arsenal. Uh, the Dan Armstrong Ampeg uh, loose side, of course, is the slide go-to. And I got a 58 special that uh, I use a bit. And I'll, uh, I let's call the Izzy gave me. As far as amps go, um, man, I bounce around a lot, but right now I'm, I've got this killer AC30. Uh, but I'm still like a high watt guy, and a Marshall guy. But uh, I think high watts were were my favorite for all the live stuff we did. They just had that extra, you know, go to 11 thing. <laughs> yeah, you need to go to 11. This is from a... Always, edgy. always 11. <laughs> you know, uh... Well, you right? To, this is both to you, G, and Rick. I, during the pandemic, I finally... My fiance, I made sure she watched it. She had never seen Spinal Tap until this uh, past summer. <laughs> Well, I educated her. Yeah. It had to happen before we got married. That was just a deal breaker. Uh, well, that was the same with my wife yeah. as well. <laughs> Last year, we watched Spinal Tap together. Oh, okay. Her first time, my second. Look at that. We're, we're, that's why we bond. 
Uh, this yeah. is, uh, this hey, G. 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 Yes. G. Yes, my friend. Okay, uh, you like this. Our, our uh, road manager, tour manager, stage manager, guy that got us, actually got us the deal, Kevin Jennings, the Brit. And uh, when Spinal Tap came out, like, he walked out, you know, like, the first, like, I don't know, 20 minutes. So I said, well, why did you walk out? He goes, it looked like they were making fun of Quo. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this guy's the biggest quote fan. And, you know, he took it personally, man. <laughs> don't fuck with the quote, okay? You never fuck with the quote. Come on. <laughs> but you know quote fans, right? Oh, yeah. They're, they're abundant, I think. There's a, yeah, my, uh, my so. brother's a big quote fan, so he would probably react yeah, the same. Nice. <laughs> That's uh, I've always been I've been a cool fan since like '74. I mean, the, the first time they came to the states, they played here. Uh, it was during the Pile Driver tour, and man, I had never seen anything like that. It was like a, it was like a tight running V8 motor, you know, <laughs> hitting on all cylinders, going down the straightaway. It was so good, and I was a fan ever since. Brilliant. Right on, right on. And obviously, you have a lot of your fans listening to this episode, and hence why we got so many questions, and why we have a, you know, a, a guest co-host. So to go along with this, um, I want to do them right. Is he is he Dutch on Twitter? You know, what's the status of your solo album? When are we going to be hearing more of you? Uh, you know, I'm kind of right now to recovering from some carpal tunnel surgery I had last week. Sorry to hear that. And. Uh, yeah, throughout the pandemic, it was there was a, there was a definite lull in my household. So uh, I'm just waiting around to get the chops back and then get back in the studio. And I'm thinking about I got some stuff I need to release, but I'll get on that. Okay, that's cool. And obviously, you know, health is most important. Get on the mend because uh, the reason why I, yeah. I I I ask this and why I'm kind of building momentum, so to speak. Uh, with Izzy's questions, and this is kind of the the million dollar question I want to, people want to know: Are you still in contact with Izzy? They were wondering if you're recording with him. Is there anything I guess you can tell us? Uh, maybe why there hasn't been a release of the Juju Hounds? Um, any any any? Because anything in that realm they were able to update us on, we would greatly appreciate it. Yeah, not much to report. I spoke to Izzy about eight months ago, um, and. He was in Colorado. He uh, riding out the pandemic out there, and um, we chatted. He, uh, you know, it's always well. Let's get together, and he go, you know, okay. So we're just, uh, you know, he's a he's a hard man to track down sometimes. You know, he marches to his own drum to say the least, right? So you never know where he's at or what he's doing, but you know, he keeps busy, man. He keeps traveling and. You know, I think he he's into Baja racing. He's into art. He's a painter. He um, uh, I think he surfs, surfs still, perhaps. And uh, you know, he's a California man. Okay, okay. Are we? Oh, he's doing good. He's doing fine. That's again, just like with you. That's the most important thing. Because fans just want, just like with the Georgia Satellites, we're we're glad uh, to get this. 
time capsule of, of a record and, and, and performance to hear it. And that's what has been sitting around. Or I don't, I'm just to, to use a phrase loosely sitting around. But fans also want to know if the same thing is with the Juju Hounds, if there's anything unreleased, anything unfinished from that era that could possibly see the light of day if you and Izzy do, in fact, hang out again. That's a good question. Uh, okay. There's some, yes, there is stuff uh, out there in the can somewhere. There's a lot of stuff, I think. And, you know, maybe uh, next time I speak to him, maybe I could, you know, rattle his cage on something like that. He's in full control of all that stuff. Yes, he is. So, uh, you know, it's his, it's his ball. Okay. But, yeah, there's some really cool stuff that never made it out, um, I think. We spent a lot of time in the studio in many different studios. So there's stuff out there. I like I like it to see the light of day. Very cool. All right, that's that's a really positive response. Uh gee, do you have any while we have Rick here, any questions, especially since you are you know, you preach his whole catalog. Is there any like song specific questions even that you have? Yeah, uh I've, in in the spirit of uh, your the upcoming release for the satellites. I'm just wondering if um, you have a Juju Hounds concert in mind that you feel would be like a, a great live release. Hey man, funny you should ask. The Barrowlands. Ah, you know something? Uh, I was actually going to try and get out to Glasgow to take pictures of the, the Barrowlands for this episode. Wow. Uh, but uh, we just recently had the uh, the climate um, gathering in Glasgow and nobody could move yeah, right. anywhere and the trains were all off. So that's that's really cool that you say that. And uh, maybe one one time I'll fire out and get some pictures of the place. But what makes yeah, that... That would be so cool, yeah. What Go makes ahead. that stand out in your mind? Well, the fucking crowd... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Really happy at the end of the show. Everybody's stuff. So, in the band, I mean. Uh, and just that crowd, man, was so cool. Yeah. A Scottish and crowd. And the is other one crowd. would be. Yeah. That's a great, great bar. The other one, I think, would be Town and Country. In London, we did a spot-on show there too. Same tour, of course. But just something about the you guys, you UK cats, that know what they uh, know what they like, and by God, they're going to show you. When you uh, to bring it back, as you know, I we can keep asking you uh, Izzy Stradlin questions. Hopefully, one day we get to ask him the man directly. But I mean, if, if the guy that worked with him all these years can't, you know, can barely track him down, what chance do, do we got? Uh, but I, I want to, of course, keep talking about the, <laughs> uh, the, the satellites a little bit. Um, anything surprise you, I guess? Did you 
go back and, and, and re-listen to this album and be and, and any fun memories come up. Uh, you know, oh, I remember uh, this song, or I remember how I was feeling when I played this. Any uh, special memories come up putting this together? No, no, I haven't really heard the whole thing. Okay, uh, but no, so I couldn't really. I'll have to listen to it, I guess. Nope. <laughs> it's really tough. It's really tough for me. It's really tough for me to listen to my own stuff sometimes. Yeah, me too. You know, I, get a little, I get a little bit uneasy about it, and you're always thinking, you know, why did I do that? And that's there forever. And so, you know, it's just uncomfortable sometimes. Maybe I have a couple of wines and listen to it. <laughs> you know, it makes me feel better when someone like you is accomplished as you and respected as you say, say that, because I'm, I'm the same way. I think more people need to understand that you know, if you, you you may work hard, yeah. you may be a you know professional, and it's the best you can. But to second guess yourself, and to, there's a that's normal. I think that this is a normal. It's totally thing. normal. Yeah, it's totally normal. Thank you, thank you. Oh uh, yeah, because uh, there's always you can always. I, that's why I, being an actor to me would be would be terrifying. Yeah, right. To see yourself, you know, <laughs> that large on the screen and that. Ugh. I'm I'm kind of getting butterflies now just thinking about it. <laughs> All right, so I mean, now I got, now I, I know why we did right. this on awful stage right. All right, well now I know why we did this on the phone, you and I, and uh, no no Zoom for you for Rick Richards. Okay, I got. I'm not a Zoomer. I'm not a Zoomer. <laughs> I'm a Boomer, not a Zoomer. Oh man, you got see if anything if you're not going to put out more uh, if it's going to be a bit for more, more music maybe you should put out like little sayings and mottos like Rickisms or something like that. Rickisms. Rickisms. Like, yeah, like uh, so too old to too old to cut the mustard, but I can still lick the jar. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't even, I don't even know how to process that right now. <laughs> right? Oh, I love it. Uh, Rick, this was this was a lot of fun. Um, before we go, I want to make sure I acknowledge and you know. He reached out. I think it's a he. It's on this Twitter machine. People, you never know who who is what. But uh, Izzy from Argentina, again, not Izzy, but just a, a fan site said, I wanted, you know, there's a lot of fans of your music and of you, and they want to hear it. So I always offer people, like, hey, if you get me a, a guest, if you get me someone that we all want to hear from, you can be rewarded with this radio experience. I'm not above that, you know. It's, uh, I, I don't want to take all the all the glory. So I know this is to look forward to, but after you, you know, get some rest, Anything in the future? Do you want to play live shows? Is that something uh, you're you have on the horizon? Uh, you're under wish list, I yeah, guess. Yeah, uh, I'm having a hard time playing at this at this point right. uh, because of the hand thing. But it's I'm I'm on the mint, mending quite nicely, and uh, yeah, and I'll be out there. Awesome. Well, I, I can't wait to see you out and about, uh, Rick. This was a pleasure. G. I I mean, if you have any questions, I don't want to cut you off before I, uh, you know. Um, no, the the only final thing I've got is uh, the "Pass Me By" cover that's made it onto the the this uh, upcoming release. Now, I do remember reading something back in the day, but it's really hazy in my memory. Was this an impromptu tune that you once played live? Like, what, did you start playing when, the riff to "Don't Pass Me By," and then the rest of the band? Oh. 
Yes. We started playing it. That's yeah. true, man. Yeah, yeah that's really you know, cool, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, it was one yeah. of those thought things. You know, I was just, we were just tuning or something, and I just started that riff. And they all looked at me and I said, <laughs> trust me on this one. <laughs> and so I just sang the first verse unaccompanied, and then everybody got got the gist of it and came in like a powerhouse. And then uh, it was good, man. We did a lot. It was a good song. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And you know something that, uh, just to add on, sorry, like Randall, it. just add this on as well. It right. the, the the cover that you did with Izzy on 117 Degrees, uh, Memphis, Tennessee. It kind of gives me the vibe from the Don't Pass Me By cover as well. Did it kind yeah, of right. come along the same yeah. way? Damn with Izzy. Uh, God, we cut, I'll tell you what a great moment that was. We cut that just jamming around. But it was at Wessex Studios with Bill Price, you know, in London, where, uh, you know, Sex Pistols, Mott the Hoople, Clash recorded. So we were kind of in that vibe, I think, at that moment. Plus, uh, we've been doing Memphis and the Satellites, uh, kind of the um, across between the Johnny Rivers version and the Faces version. So he knew about that. Yeah. So I, I think he started it off really fast. And I didn't, you know, right. same with it was almost the same scenario as "Don't Pass Me By," except he started, you know. So yeah. <laughs> I jumped in and I did the harmonies on that. Too. I think it was harmony scene uh, came out pretty good, man. So I really like that version. But yeah, we're just knocking around. It just seems like all the best stuff just happens by knocking around, <laughs> you know. Uh... Well, that's what happens when you're not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is very true. <laughs> I know what you mean exactly. Oh man, uh, Rick! Again, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, I we both were excited to hear from you. I know my listeners were. So this was a absolutely. A, a, you know, you were a name that I get to cross off my my interview bucket list. So I hope to have you up back on Thanks, again, brother. and I hope you feel much better. You know, just take it easy. Oh yeah, yeah, right on. Good. Okay. Glad to hear Rick. it. Hey, uh, Rick. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure, man. Cool. And G, I'm sorry. You Hi, G. Yeah, it was an absolute pleasure speaking with you, Rick. You've been a, a part of my life musically for the better part of my life. Uh, and I really appreciate well, I it, mate. Can, I, hope, um, I hope you get well soon as I hope well. We can have a beer. So. Yeah, yeah. I hope we can have a beer sometime together. Hey, mm-hmm. I'd love that. Okay. I'd love yeah. that. All right, and ch- and yeah, chops away, lad. Chops away. With the beer in person. It chops won't, away. It won't be the, the weird Zoom lag either. So you guys will be able to have a fluent conversation. <laughs> Thank Zoom you. Lag. Take care, Rick. That's a great name for a band. Great name for a band, Zoom lag. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's true. Zoom lag. <laughs> See, it's another Rickism. I love it. It could be like a, Hawk, a Hawkwind type group. Yeah, Hawkwind. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, All right <laughs> you take care. Recording stopped. Been a pleasure. You, you got it. And uh, Rick, I will let you know. Uh, I'm not recording this part, but once we put it out, I'll I'll, I'll send it to Laura Lee. And um, okay. And, and just uh, and thank you. All right. This was great. Thank you, buddy. Thanks a lot, Rick. You take I'll care. Soon, I hope. You got it. Bye bye. Later, guys. Bye. Take care. That was cool. I felt like we could have gone a, a long, a longer time, but as soon as he's like said he's. You know, he had surgery, and I, I forgot. I thought he had a. Yeah. I thought he went to the dentist. I thought that's why we had to reschedule. 
and he sounded good. I'm like, oh, he's fine. But I'm like, oh, no, he's, he sounds like he's out and about. I want to, you know, he, des- he deserves to relax. He deserves to relax. Absolutely. And uh, so he's invited me out for a drink, so, I, you know. A, a, a pint? I just catch a plane ticket. <laughs> do, do they? What, what would they say to, in, in Scotland? I'm going out for a pint? Like, what do you, what do you go out? A pint. Out? Oh, nice. Okay. We, we're away for a pint, mate. <laughs> like Shaun of the Dead. That's how I know. Oh, yeah. Kind of. Probably uh, 10 times darker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, thanks for, for coming on because I know you've done so much research and I'm glad that you've had, right, no more issues with the your Dustin Bones documentary that's on YouTube. I know you had to deal with the normal stuff that, you know, the copyright things that you have to, when you put up a project online of that magnitude, it's it's difficult when you're doing it by yourself, but it's... How many views does yeah. it have now? It's been up for a long time. Um, it's, I think it's 100, 155,000 views, I think. Nice. Could be more than that. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a nice experience. And even going through the, the copyright wrangle, that was an experience as well. And uh, I was able to speak with people within the RIAA and even the UMG. So wow. now I have a better understanding of how this all works. And uh, there's a few things I'll keep under my cap for the now. Yeah, I, I can imagine. So I just felt bad at, at the time. If, if people don't know what I'm talking about, it was... Do you remember what episode number it was? I, I'm surprised that they, sometimes guests know what episode number they were on. Uh Two zero three. See, look at that, brilliant. So, if you want to go back and list episode <laughs> uh, episode uh, number two hundred and three, I I just I don't know. I look on Twitter and on on the internet for Guns N' Roses stuff, so I can see this random dude from Scotland making an Izzy Stradlin documentary, and I'm like, I'm a random dude doing a Guns N' Roses podcast, so let's uh you know let's make an episode together. And since then, you know, if you're watching on Zoom, he has made the the logo, our new logo, the one that's behind me right now is on my Zoom virtual background. Uh, some of the more intricate YouTube videos we have with the more graphic stuff, that's Mr. G over here doing it. I, I just have my, I've learned a little bit. I just have the very basic video editing program on. So if you can see pictures slapped up with very, you know, 8-bit looking, you know, Nintendo graphics, that's what I have on my Dell laptop. But G is the one that, you know, he made the best of 2020 for me, slapped that together. So uh, we've been communicating back and forth for, for quite some time. And I appreciate what he does for, you know, I was, uh, I was life is his documentary and all the, I mean, if you go to, again, go to YouTube, look up Dustin bones. If you haven't looked at it already, watched it already. And the comments are so overwhelmingly positive. It is just, it's absurd to use a guns and roses word. It really is. So, I mean, congratulations. Yeah, it, I mean, it was, it is, well, thank you. Um, and it, it is it's overwhelming because I, I haven't really done anything in my life uh, of note like that. And even doing the documentary, it was just something fun to do, you know, something to fill the time during lockdown. And then it was just, why not make it into something that people get excited about? And it's extremely overwhelming uh, to see the support that I've had and it continues to have. Um, and I'm glad people are taking it the right way. The majority of 
the people are taking it the right way. It is what it is. I'm not a documentary maker. <laughs> this was my first time trying to do something, and uh, I think it worked out okay. <laughs> I think I did. T- I, I, being honest, I may. I think I said this to you, whether it was on the air or off the air. I thought I was going to watch maybe five, ten minutes of it, get the gist, and just talk to you. I found myself watching the whole thing, which is like over, like it's almost <laughs> two hours. And I think because it is well done and unique, because yeah, documentaries are, are hot. Whether you know, you're so many on Netflix and so many different ways to do documentaries, and especially to do one when you know you don't have guests and narration specifically for it, and the the scarcity of Izzy Stradlin information out there, it's. I think it's kind of almost the same way about do I didn't think a Guns N' Roses podcast would be anything, but there's just yeah, there's Guns N' Roses info out there, but it's all the same info. It's all the sensationalistic info. They're not the the stories that I get on this podcast from the the people who are there. And it's the same thing with with Izzy. It's like why you know talking to Rick today people were excited. Yes, there were people like, "Oh, I loved him in the Georgia Satellites." But obviously so many Izzy questions because people want to know and I appreciate Rick didn't seem bothered by that at all. You, you never know with sometimes with people like, oh, they only want to talk to me to talk about this person, you know, kind of thing. Never got that vibe from him at all. So it's just super, super cool. And, uh, and yeah, it's good to know Izzy, you know, as of eight months ago, was a, was was somewhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Colorado. He's in Col- Oh, yeah. So now all these Izzy sleuths. I mean, <laughs> where, let's go to Colorado. And and, and before I, I, I forget, uh, I want to give a shout out to, look, whatever I could do like I did for you, like what I did. It's not like I have a major platform. But, you know, get, no, get, the, was... but get the word out. Like I want people to help me get the – I say every podcast. If you could tell one friend about this podcast if there's one episode that you like one guest tell a friend like you just that's the level I'm at same thing with you with the documentary and it's the same thing with you know with with Izzy it's just like it's I don't know it's 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 spreading it's the same thing with Izzy so it's uh there are fans out there that need help so there's there's no Izzy Stradlin podcast yet specific that might be too hard but there's the Izzy (laughs) the Izzy concert uh fan petition so if more people can sign it, you know, maybe who knows if it gets back to Izzy. Crazier things have happened. So uh, I think you can just look. I think it's just flat out Izzy concert petition on. I think they have a Facebook and Instagram, and they sent in some of the questions about, uh, you know, what happened with when Izzy kind of bailed on them. So I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget. So I don't forget Izzy and <laughs> Izzy, Izzy in Argentina for setting up this uh, interview. Uh, and yeah, then, he's a good man. Oh, okay. So it is a man. I have no idea. So I, I'm like, oh, gosh, sorry. Oh, I have no I, idea. I just assumed. Oh, uh, oh, okay. I have no idea. It's like with you. All I got was G when you I was talking <laughs> to you. I'm like, do I call you G? So, that, <laughs> but that's what's been great with doing this podcast. I just meet random uh, randos, but not in the creepy way. It's all been just yeah. gu- Guns and Roses randos help me out. So without. You, Izzy, in Argentina, this episode would not have happened. So, uh, thanks. And G is, if you're watching this on Zoom, he's the one that made it look all cool and, and beautiful. Because uh, we, I I had a setup. I was actually talking about this. We were with Rick before we started recording. I'm glad I did because the setup, being at home, 
you know, feel, feel for my quarantine still. Uh, you never know if things are going to go wrong. But I was able to test this out, you being on Zoom, him being on the phone. Because yesterday I spent two hours on the phone with uh, Michael Perioli of The Sopranos as he's, he's selling his book, you know, The Sopranos book. Just like, uh, you know, Rick is uh, promoting the, the Satellites uh, record. Yeah. So it's just I was able to test it all yesterday. And it was so funny. Oh, yeah, Rick up. And he starts quoting stuff from The Sopranos. And I'm... <laughs> Right away, and I I didn't want to get off on a Sopranos tangent you know, before the episode. So, uh, anyway, I thought people might find that funny as well. But uh, I hope you had fun, G. As I tell everybody, by the way, who does these podcasts uh, with me, always you cut me off if I'm talking too much. Just be yourself. You know, I know it's nerve wracking if you've never done this before. I know it's kind of hard when you're cutting each other off and. When to pull back, when to talk. If you've never done this before, I know there's a lot. So I think sometimes people need to understand that's why I talk a lot sometimes to kind of set the mood and calm people down. But believe it or not, I do not like the sound of my own voice. I only talk a lot. But you're not in my profession. I should like my voice. But to, (laughs) to me, in my head, I sound like Fran Drescher's nephew. You know, Mr. Sheffield, like I guess sound... Like a stereotype, but no, people I like people. I know people in like. My head, what do you? I sound like Shrek <laughs> in <Okay>. my head. <laughs> God, I hope I, I really hope I don't. God, now I can't get it out of my head. Okay, great. Now you, you've ruined me. Do you hate? Oh God, do you hate like uh, us Americans for for Shrek? Now we've did every Scott, you know, Scottish person. Say, oh well, we got groundskeeper Willie. We got a few. Do, is he okay? Is he a good stereotype, by the way? Groundskeeper Willie? Yeah, yeah, they're all good stereotypes. Ground, groundskeeper Willie is a, <laughs> a great one. <laughs> oh, man. But I can't make up my mind if uh, it's an American doing a Scottish accent or if it's actually a Scot doing it. I, um, groundskeeper Willie, I think it's... Uh, isn't it Hank Azaria doing it? Is it? It's one of the main... Right. It's one of the main... It's Hank Azaria or it might have been... Uh, Dan Cast, I can never pronounce his last name. The guy who does Homer, I think it's one of the main people. So it's not a Scottish person, right? It might. I, let me look this up. As a Simpsons, I'll have a check. Shame on me, because I've always said if I wasn't doing a Guns N' Roses podcast, I could do a Simpsons podcast. <laughs> there was a time, there, Guns N' Roses pun intended, uh, that I could quote Simpsons regularly in anything. Uh, groundskeeper, if I could spell. This is why I need a producer. Ground Simpsons. Ground. This is great radio, by the way. Voice. Uh, yeah, it is Dan and Castellaneta. So the guy did his Homer and Cruster, Crusty Cruster, Crusty and Abe Simpson. So yeah, Dan, good job. All right. Uh, by the yeah. way, this is a nice little segue to wrap up this episode. Something I think you'll appreciate, G. <laughs> so I obviously doing this from home. Uh, I have a virtual background, a minimal. Uh, production value. I mean, well, I don't want to say minimal. I, I do have a radio job. I do have a somewhat of a good setup. Point being, G here, you know, he does, I do this still for the love of the game. I'm not doing this. Yes, I have a job, a radio job, but this podcast is is not a part of it technically. I, it's kind of just supplementary to it and they intertwine sometimes. I don't get paid for it. Uh, you know, now that I'm, uh, I, I get now some chump change off of YouTube, which is kind of cool i guess uh g same thing he does it for the love of the game that's why he's he, he made the izzy documentary so and i barely mentioned this 
that I do have a Patreon. I barely mentioned this, that I do sell T-shirts in March. So if you want to go to Redbubble, uh, I have shirts and, and mugs and anything that you could think of. This logo that G made, slapped on, it can, Redbubble could do for you. And Patreon, if you want to donate to this cause. Um, the reason being, I, it's not even for me. I don't care about the money. I'm a very minimalistic person. See this shirt I'm wearing, by the way? I, these are like the things I buy. I bought a cat sweater with all uh, horror icons. So there's a cat as like Freddy Krueger, there's a cat as Jason. This is what I spend my money on. But what I would like to do is if I got t-shirt money, if I got Patreon money, is to be able to pay people like G for the hard work he does on my podcast sometimes. To be able to pay, maybe I can get some hotshot millennial intern to cut out more videos and put them up on YouTube where I'm just, if I'm too busy or doing stuff. I want to be able to develop a team or to maybe to have this show look better, get a better camera or something. These are things, if you want to help out with, it's there. But I wanted to bring G on just, if anything, more than anything, just as appreciation for all you've done for, for me and what you've done for, you know, the Izzy Stradlin fans. That, that killed a good two hours for people when they were, they had nothing going on in the, in the pandemic, which... Which was a big thing. It really was. It sounds silly, but I think people, their perspectives changed a lot in the pandemic and realizing, uh, you know, yeah. how to spend their time, you know. So that's that's my whole, I'll, I'll get off my soapbox, a.k.a. couch <laughs> now. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks for saying all that, Brando. It's, uh, it's, you're too kind. It's really nice to hear. And uh, this has been a fantastic experience, uh, one that I'll never forget. So thank you. Awesome. And that's what I kind of, I like to provide. So I've had guests, you know, uh, listeners come on to interview Tommy Stinson. Uh, uh, who, what's the guy? Uh, why am I forgetting his name from the Black Crows, the drummer, the former drummer? I'm completely forgetting, even though I've interviewed him before. Uh, Steve Gorman. Thank you, man. It's uh, I'm getting old. That's what it is. I'm getting old. Steve <laughs> Gorman. I've had a co-host for different, different guests. And also, as you saw from this episode, chime in on social media i will get your question answered so if you want to participate not monetarily but just uh you know support uh just follow on on facebook social media uh new twitter at the afd podcast so that's how you find out that's how people knew about Rick richards coming on and that's how they got their questions answered that's how that happened so that's how the conversation continues in between the broadcasts Okay, that sound good? I think that's easy enough to follow, right? I think so. Absolutely. Uh, as far as the next episode, actually, I think I have one guest I can I can say. It's going to be a short interview. Let me just bring up the email because I think I just got it confirmed. And I just got sent his book. Uh, Jesse Drayton, who played guitar with uh, Duff on uh, on his new uh, new album. Tenderness. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah. So it's gonna be. It, see, these are like I get these emails about people, you know, if they're being, <laughs> they're promoting stuff. Country rock guitarist Jesse Dayton tells all about working with Johnny Cash, Glenn Campbell, Willie Nelson, and Rob Zombie. So he has a new book coming out, and obviously I'm gonna ask him about working with Duff, and that's yeah. where it comes in. Like that comes in for like my job, and it's my job to, is to sometimes either put on that tour. I'm I'm not this time, but. Jesse in like two hours, my role would be to connect them to different stations or 
my since my boss and they all know about this podcast, my boss when he sends me that email, he talks about Guns N' Roses. How about how's not, how's a nine forty time slot? Sure, that sounds good. So sometimes that's nice. that's how it works. And other times I have to get Izzy from Argentina to get my guest. It's <laughs> you never know. You just never know with this podcast. So that's why just keep following. And uh, when are you going to see the next episode? Oh, you know, before I, I stop, is there anything you want to promote? Sorry, any any other any documentaries on Iowa's Life or TNK Studios? Um, there's nothing right now. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm pretty busy in the background, so and I, I just it, there's a few things circulating uh, that might come to something, but uh, I'm just not that passionate about a few things. So I just don't want to do things for the sake of doing it. Yeah, I so, uh, I I get that. I I, <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm I guess not, it was just uh, coming out of the blue, just like this. Rick Richards interview. Yeah. <laughs> Something okay. will happen. Yeah, I think so. So I think in the meantime, uh, people, if you haven't checked out the Dustin Bones documentary, iOS Life, uh, a word I had to learn from meeting you. Uh, what does it mean again? A-W-E-W-I-S? Always. Always. Okay. Yeah, okay. Always life. iOS Life. Okay, beautiful. So uh, thank you again, G. Thanks for everybody else for hanging out on this edition of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? Who is the next guest? Well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. You'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.